you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 92 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host, Bob Chachinsky, here with my good friend, Dogged Bark 24 This week, we are doing something a little interesting. Well, I'm so excited, I totally uh, forgot to even ask you, Dogged. How have you been, my dude? It's been a whole week. It's been a whole week, yeah. I'm doing pretty good, how are you? Doing good to you, man. Uh, you know, survived my uh birthday vacation to Vegas, so that was good. Yeah, you know, surviving Vegas is always good. And uh, we also um randomly bringing up Vegas reminds me that we got a review and I read it while I was in Vegas, so before. Uh, we even get to what this episode is going to be about, which, I mean, you know, don't look at the title of this episode or anything, because you'll never find out until I tell you. But uh, we actually did get a review, and we have another one, too, that uh, we think we missed. So let's start out with the first one. We got this, let's see the date, June 8th, from Pro Nick. One and that's pro Nick with two K's. One, so yeah, uh, they're for real. So it's five star review. The title says sparked my interest, and they go on to say, I downloaded slash played ESO during the beta phase. Stopped playing in 2015. Recently decided to give the game another chance, and haven't stopped playing slash listening to this podcast ever since. The pairing of playing ESO while listening to this podcast has been so much fun, and just a lot of joy comes from listening to these episodes and guests. 10 out of 10 would recommend to any Elder Scrolls fan, regardless of how obsessed they are or aren't with this series. So, yeah, that's that's just an amazing review, Uh, Pro Nick. Thank you. And uh, it made my day uh, when I read it in Vegas because uh, it, that was when uh, our thing was like, hey, you have a review. Yeah, thanks for the five-star review. Okay, so we also had another review that apparently I'm pretty sure we missed. Dog to me or both? Pretty sure we missed. So it was back on March 9th of this year still so pretty recent and uh it's titled crusty sweet rolls it's five star review it's from the press man's diary so they go on to say as a new eso player i was happy to find these old crusty sweet rolls bob and dog they are my new best friends so (laughs) thank you the press man's diary I'm so glad that what we do uh, can make you so happy that you would want us to be your best friends. And uh, you can gladly be our best friend and play Elder Scrolls with us. That's what best friends do, right, dog? 
Right, and I definitely think we missed it because I think I would remember being called a crusty sweet roll. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I remember that. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna put that on my resume now. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I ran a podcast and I confirmed have been called a crusty sweet roll. So you know who who else has that title? Nobody. Well, me, but. Yeah, nobody oh, else yeah, besides yeah. us. Right. If I could share with anyone, dog, I'm glad I could share with you. <laughs> so thank you, The Pressman's Diary, before we uh, continue our nonstop goofiness. Uh, we really appreciate your hilarious review. And uh, I mean, dog also got a kick out of that when I was like, dude did we read that? He's like, no, I'm pretty sure there's no way we would have read that and not said something. I was like, yeah. So uh, that was cool. And we definitely appreciate all the uh, five-star feedback. Honestly, uh, as cool as it is for us to get shouted out on the show, as helpful as it is for people to get to see it and be you know, a verified podcast and all that, for me, it's really just like, it's just cool to hear your guys' feedback from, you know, people that enjoy the show. And, you know, it's just a passion thing for me and Dog. We love uh, doing the show, talking all the trolls, and uh, you guys showing the support for it is uh, honestly what what keeps the, the lights on in the Red Diamond Courier shop some, some nights, right, Dog? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, thank you. You're definitely listening. <laughs> yeah, you listen to Bob. That doesn't make sense at all, actually. There you go. Some things never change around here. All right, dog. How about you uh, start us? Wait, wait, wait. That's right. I should probably let everyone know what this week's episode is going to be about. <laughs> so, by the way, guys, uh, this episode is going to be a bit of a twist because... We have done an episode on this guild before, but uh, we wanted to kind of give a little bit of a refresher to it. It's been almost two years since our first episode on this guild, and uh, some things have changed. Plus, we never talked the story quest for any of the guilds, really, so we're going to delve into that this time. So, we are going to be talking Fighters Guild this week. Um... We're going to talk a little bit of base stuff for it, just barely touching on it. Then we're going to get into the quest stuff and the end. We're going to talk some skills and all that kind of stuff, things that have changed, etc. Um, so, if you are not wanting to listen to the Fighters Guild quest, and you don't want to hear it, and you've never done it, and you don't want it to be spoiled... And I'm going to really drag this out and not even edit all these ridiculous pauses. And you guys will be like, wow, this is ridiculous. And yes, because I don't want anyone coming to me and telling me, oh, you didn't even say anything. You just talked all about the quest. Okay, I'm telling you right now, do not get it spoiled if you don't want it to be spoiled. That being said, this freaking game has been out for seven years, guys. But the cool thing is that new players are coming all the time. So, that being said, uh, it's fair game. If you want to listen from this point on, uh, you know, it's up to you. If not, 
Maybe this episode's uh, not so much your thing. And um, I don't know. We'll be back next week talking cool stuff to you. And you have like all these great minutes so far that we've been talking. Plus there's the news and and serial stuff. So you don't have to leave yet. Yeah. And you can like skip to like the end where we talk about like the skill line and stuff. Yeah, a professional podcast, Bob, will probably uh, really hope that he puts a timestamp for you guys to do jump that too. And then show notes. So I've done it before, and there's a chance that I may do it again, but maybe. Uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> uh just doesn't work out that way. So, all that being said, welcome to our. Fighters Guild episode volume 2022. Version 2022? I don't know. Something. We'll see what the title says when I make it. Uh, Dogged, why don't we, uh, now that we've rambled for over 10 minutes, get this started and talk on uh, some of the news from this week. I mean, there was at least a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't listening to Bob again, but we're going to go on to the news, right? So uh, first up, we have the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. Um, there's nothing really major Elder Scrolls related outside of like the high I.O. concert release for the 21st. Um, other than that, uh, the like the last chunk of it was like Starfield and and a lot of people were like liking what they were seeing from that. So that's pretty cool. I was liking what I was seeing. Even though I must say, I haven't uh, successfully played and finished a single player game like since Elder Scrolls came out. Maybe Fallout 4, because I was like after ESO, I think. But, oof, it's going to be tough. Especially because they said the main story of that game is going to be like 40 hours or something. Like, well. Yeah. Yeah, but I did think, uh, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to talk about a console release. But I was like, you know, that's like been out for so long. So I was like, oh, wow, they're actually going to give like ESO a little time here. But so that was cool. And it was a new trailer, not a cinematic, uh, but it was a new uh, high aisle trailer for that. And uh, good old Uncle Pete was out there. So it was cool. ESO got some love. Yeah, the other bit of news was a couple of days ago. Um, there was an article recently that I guess leaked that Fallout 5 is going to be released until Elder Scrolls 6 comes out. Um, also, Elder Scrolls 6 is still in pre-production. Uh, I don't really know why that's considered a leak, since I can't recall them teasing Fallout 5 or anything. I mean, maybe I missed something, but I haven't heard anything about Fallout 5 except for people wanting Fallout 5. I mean, as if it's not clickbait enough, they're just trying to get <laughs> extra clickbait enough. You just add those keywords like leak, Skyrim. I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so that interview did confirm that uh, Elder Scrolls 6 isn't still in pre production, and that's going to come after Starfield, and then, of course, Fallout after that. But Todd Howard did add that they're always open to other things. I'm like, bro, you don't have time for other things. Okay? <laughs> yeah, like, give your next 10 years right there. Yeah, like, be quiet with other things. Like, I don't need to hear that. I need to hear absolute dedication to the things <laughs> that you have going that I've invested my life into. 
And honestly, like, I don't know. I'm fine with it taking a little while. Cause I'm excited for Starfield. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, you know, way back in my day, now that I'm a freaking old man. Uh, I was in, guess you get this, I was like a sophomore in high school. So we've been older. And uh, we were talking about this uh, game that had been rumored that Bethesda had always been working on and it was supposed to be like Oblivion or Fallout 3 but in space with spaceships and it was going to be called Starfield and uh, it was like the biggest like oh man like could it be true and uh, they didn't reveal anything about it for like you know, I don't even know, 10, 12 years, and the final was like, boom. It was true. And uh, I'm excited for it. I really, really hope that lives up to uh, the ridiculous amount of hype and the on- honest, ridiculous amount of potential. Like, there's potential for that game to be, you know, godsend to humanity, just like, you know, most of their single-player RPG games are. Some you could just delve your time into. Another world where you could, uh, you know, escape from reality for a little bit. So, I'm excited. I am also excited. Just like, you know, I would... It would be dope if they are just like, oh, and also, by the way, uh, if you want to go, like, hop into your friend's world and just go run around and play with them you could totally do that like that would be pretty cool just saying i was always a person who wanted to play skyrim with a friend and then they made elder shows online and i don't play any other games for six years so what are you gonna do maybe a couple years uh later they're gonna make starfield online <laughs> i would probably play it <laughs> All right, dog. So, any more news? Nope, that's it. Perfect. So, uh, let's get into the current state of Cyrodiil, which, if you're on PCNA, is still pretty fantastic. Uh, console players, you know, you got high IO coming this week. So, uh, I don't know, good luck, probably. It's going to be... Uh, hectic in there. There's probably all kinds of people trying out new stuff, golding out new stuff. Uh, some stuff is probably broken. You know, new mythics. Everyone's gonna go grind all those new things. Um, yeah, PvP is gonna be crazy. It always is. It's calmed down a little bit since release for us, but uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm so excited to play on my new xbox um with you dogged and vox and uh graham hopefully and it's just been a great time man i'm stoked go get my companion isobel and uh you know do all the cool high aisle stuff man so before i continue rambling and start dog on another tangent let me just go straight into this so the Cyrodiil scores for PCNA Greyhost, we're going to be talking PCNA. Okay, yes. Dogged had some uh, big stuff written right here, so I got confused. But this campaign is officially over. 
EP got the lead the night before the last day, but DC passed them in the end. Oh, ho! that whole time I was reading that, I was like, oh, great, EP won. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> so DC, DC takes the win. DC takes the win. Um, 89K for DC. That's pretty freaking awesome, man. EP at 88.3K. And AD at 82.9K. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Super excited to see that. And on the EU side of things, we've got AD in first place. They take the win with 96K. The Ebonheart Pact is in second with 78.6. And the DC is in third. Was 78.2 so so you can't win them all if i was able to go in there on pc get some of my zircon because i got 100k and dc won so as i helped him win by helped to win i mean that was a body who sieged sometimes so i helped sort of <laughs> sometimes when it was really necessary <laughs> Yeah, only when, like, you know, the door wasn't, like, being sieged fast enough, then I helped siege it. All right, but for uh, Xbox NA, there's nine days left in these campaigns, and AD's in first with 70K, EP's in second with 60K, and DC's in last with 56.5K. And then on the Xbox EU side of things, AD's in first with 77K, EP's in second with 55K, and DC's in last with 53K. So AD has a strong lead in both of those campaigns. Right. So on the PlayStation side of things, they also have nine days and EP is looking at 70K leading NA. Then DC is behind them at 60K and right behind them is AD at 59K. Then we've got the EU and DC in the lead with 67K. EP behind him at 60k and AD at 59k, bringing up the caboose. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for our serial scores, uh, and uh, let's get right into some of our Fighters Guild stuff. So we have some just basic stuff here for you guys. So let's see, throughout every region in Tamriel, the Fighters Guild is gonna have a hall in the main city. That you guys could join up in including the dc dlc areas as well and it's a super smart thing to go join up super uh just right away and uh start earning your fighters guild because uh like as you go killing a bunch of other stuff and doing stuff it's gonna help you so speaking of leveling up the skill line dogged what are some of the ways you can do that all right, you can level up the Fighter's Guild skill line by killing any Deja or Undead or by completing Dolmens, which also drop a bunch of Deja and Undead. So You can also level up the skill line by uh, completing the Fighter's Guild Dolmen daily. It doesn't give as much, but it's a little bit of something. And you get those from the capital cities with each alliance. And you can also level up the Fighter's Guild companion skill line with each of them. And it gives Miri a huge report boost, which is 
nice if you're, you know, picking a bunch of like torch bugs and butterflies and pissing Miri off doing other stuff like killing people with a blade of woe, you know, that kind of thing. All right, Bob, how many quests are in the quest line for the fighter's guild? All right, so for the fighter's guild, you are going to be looking at five main quests, and uh, you don't really have to worry about finding them too much because every main city you go to, uh, the homie whose name I can't remember, but she's like, the guild is in dire need of your assistance. Or the guild is in need of you, comrade. And you're like, no, I don't care. And you quickly run away. All right, so there's going to be five quests in the Fighters Guild quest line. And like we said earlier, we're going to go into them a little bit, at least uh, talk about some of the storyline here. So as stated earlier, make sure if that's something you don't want to hear, this is definitely your chance to skip over that. So... Uh, just to knock out right off the bat for the first quest, it's going to be a pretty simple one. You're going to f- uh, start meeting the guildmaster, an Argonian by the name of Seize All Colors, who is going to ask you to go meet up with the homies Merrick and Aleph. So you've got um, some of the main characters right off the bat establishing themselves. During this, you receive a projection of a Dramora woman, Doshia, who appears and tells you to cease your meddling and that the Red Guard's soul will fill the Mortum Vivicus. So, yeah, that's, you know, immediate problems. So, although the Guildmaster sees all colors and Aleph both decide to help you in your endeavor... Merrick still ends up getting captured, as uh, expected. Now, this brings you to Dosha's lair to, you know, go rescue him, where you must defeat the Dramora in order to do so. Of course, uh, you know, you're probably going to succeed. I mean, it is a big danger if you're down there by yourself, but... Alright, quest two is the dangerous past. Uh, the Guildmaster tells you the journal leads to a treasure or potent weapon in the Dwemer ruin, Mazendalift. Yeah, that's how, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, this Dwemer ruin leads you on the usual maze where you must read journals to progress. Uh, you continue to fight and research your way to the ruin in search of a prismatic crystal that has been stored in a Dwarven centurion. Uh, once it is defeated and the crystal is acquired, it's time to leave. But wait, there's more. Yes, that's right. Yolfnir Iceblade hops out. Well, his ghost. Do ghosts hop? I don't know. I don't know about the... I don't know. Uh, okay, so he says to be wary as you may be in danger from someone near to you while standing very near to you. Talk about creepy. You just, you know, it's like, okay, I can kind of trust that. I guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Can you really trust ghosts, though? Who knows? Who knows, man? So, now you start the third quest, which is the Prismatic Core. So, now things are going to start to get a bit complicated. 
So as you go back in time to see through the memories of an Aelid warrior, Osterand. Now, in these memories, you attempt to destroy the Vivicus, but it is whisked off to Cold Harbor by Molog Ball himself. This means it's your job, well, your character's job in real life to do just that. Now, uh, you know, at least says the Guildmaster, because she's like, you gotta do it. Now, first you must craft a weapon of the Prismatic Core, recently acquired, so you got the thing, now you're gonna make a cool weapon out of it. And this is done at the Earth Forge with our boy Merrick himself. Uh, and the rest of that quest is gonna tell you helping him work the forge, so it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and if you're in the Earth Forge, uh, there's also a lead for that one dwarven wolf spider thing that you can grab too while you're in there. So yeah, I mean, definitely you should grab the lead and do it, and don't forget about it because I definitely grabbed it like twice and forgot about it both times because I'm good at things. I just don't know what those things are. But uh, for quest four, proving the deed. Uh, so this is now where it gets crazy. Uh, the Council of Province Generals asks you to investigate old Guildmaster Yofnir's death. There is some detective work involved, including a bit of searching and chatting with others. But eventually, you are led to Ragnathar, where, after getting through a few traps, you get to meet the one and only Yofnir Iceblade once again, where he confirms that his killer was none other, was none other than the current Guildmaster. His understudy sees all colors. Dun, 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 dun. That plot twist. I feel like we need... Yeah, we need like a dramatic, you know, little soundbite or something. <laughs> All right, so uh, quest five is, you know, going to be the penultimate quest for the Fighters Guild. And now you have all the information to go after the one and only. Sees all colors. So, with this fifth quest, after talking to Aleph, you find out that the council was unable to find Caesar Colors. What a surprise. She must have fled after you visit Abagarius. Aleph has an idea about how to find her. As you and Aleph run to Merrick, you can hear him preparing the prismatic weapon at the forge. He is unsure about Colors' guilt and despises Aleph's plan to have Yafnir track colors down that is a pretty tough uh you know strategy he says Aleph thinks colors is working for the prince of lies and you will find the mortem vivicus with her his final question is what kind of weapon you want the prismatic core to become you talk to Aleph while merrick forges it for you Aleph summons yafnir and commands him to tell her where the colors is where the colors is, where colors is. He says she's in the halls of submission along with the Mortum Vivicus. So basically here you have uh, just figured out like, okay, she's bad. They can't find her. And now you're going back. Aleph thinks she can't find her. So you're going to get Merrick and get your weapon. Things are progressing. Yeah. And then while you're inside the halls of submission, you need to complete a crystal puzzle. It's kind of complicated, but also kind of simple, I think. I don't really remember. 
I don't I don't think I had too much problem with it, but maybe I did. I don't know. But uh, when it's complete, you can enter the outer courtyard and sees all colors is standing in front of the blue orb. Uh, Aleph wants you to kill her, but Merrick asks you to confront her, um, perhaps sparing her life. And then you can talk to each of them. Talk to Aleph, talk to Merrick, talk to all colors. When you talk to him, uh, Colors confesses to killing Yafnir. She worships Meridia, who uh, told her to immobilize the guild to oppose Molag Ball. Yafnir refused to listen to her, and Colors felt that she had to kill him. She trusts you and asks you to decide her fate. You can talk to her more, or you can decide right away. Uh, if you continue to talk to her, uh, she gives you a little bit more information. She says that she thinks Aleph serves Molag Ball. Uh, she didn't tell Merrick because he served Stendart and might not have understood her devotion to Meridia. And you must decide to carry out the guild sentence and kill her or help finish her mission. So you have two options here. You can help Colors or kill Colors. Uh, helping Colors pisses off Aleph and she says, Idiot, must I do everything? In Molog Ball's name, die! And then she chaps colors, disappears, summons Daedra, and Blood falls to strengthen herself to attack you and other Daedra and, you know, whatnot. Um, once you close all the fonts, like, it's uh, dolmen-type stuff, uh, it is time to defeat Aleph. She reappears next to the Mortem Vivicus and transforms into a Daedra Titan, because why not? Uh, once she is defeated, Yafnir appears and is free. Uh, he wants to protect you while you destroy Molag Ball's weapon. And to destroy it, you need to throw the prismatic weapon into the center of the Mortem Vificus. That pretty, pretty weapon that Merrick just crafted you. Yeah, you just toss it in there. And then you often hear teleports you, Merrick, and Colors back to the Earth Forge, where you need to talk to Yafnir and Countess Hakruba. If you choose to kill Colors, uh, that just pisses her off and she's attacks you because she's like, well, if you're going to kill me, I'm going to try to kill you first. And after you kill Colors, you fall for Aleph's plan and she plans to throw it in your face yelling, fool, you serve Morlog Ball well today by killing Meridia's servant. And then Aleph then proceeds to summon the fawns and the battle plays out the same way, except for, you know, Colors can't do anything because she's not trapped because she's dead. And then when you kill Aleph, Molag Ball then caused Aleph a failure because, well, she failed. All right, the next part is, you know, facing the council. Uh, you can talk to Merrick, and then he tells you the council will support your choice. Uh, you tell the council will happen while in the realm of oblivion. Because you discuss, you know, colors, Aleph, and Merrick. And if you save colors, you can decide if she gets to stay or if you kick her out. And the council proceeds directly into naming Merrick as the next guild master. And then the last little part of this is the council's justice. Uh, you get to decide if Seize All Colors stays in the guild, uh, demoted to a new title of Light of the Guild with her Meridian influence, or if you just banish her from the guild because she's a murderer. Uh, Merrick then thanks the council members for choosing him to become the new leader of the Fighters Guild. And then lastly, you talk to Yafnir one last time, and he's finally able to give to Sovngarde, but he has a gift for you. He managed to pull out that 
a prismatic weapon that you just recklessly threw inside the, you know, Morden Vivicus to explode it. And you can choose what type of weapon you want it to be. So, yeah, sometimes being reckless, you know, pays off. So, but uh, that's going to wrap up the Fighters Guild storyline. And it is definitely a good one. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good characters in there. Lots of uh, intrigue and political stuff going on, but still some uh, interesting quests throughout. Some good fighting and action, too. What did you think about the Fighters Guild storyline, Don? Um, I, I liked it overall. Um, it was definitely a little bit, you know, foreshadowing. But then, like, there's also massive plot twists, which I was like, oh, that's, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting him to be like, oh, yeah, I totally killed that guy. But I killed it for a good reason, sort of. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely, uh, it's one of those ones where you could, like, feel all sides of the story. And so you could just tell it's good writing. Yeah. So with that, we are going to end our little spoiler section and go to our Robots Radio break. And of course, we just want to remind you all we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular in seven different counties, uh, the Robots Radio Podcast Network, where thousands of podcast fans are gathering to listen to... I don't... I mean, we have like... All kinds of freaking awesome shows. I don't even know the number anymore, but it's getting way up there. And uh, this show's on any kind of great topic. So go check them out at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. All right, dogs. So we are back at it. We got some skills to go over before we get on out of here. Now, uh, for everyone listening who decided to skip the spoiler section and still just skip to up here, hey, welcome back. Thanks for still being here. So, uh, let's get right up into it. We've got some Fighters Guild stuff to go over. Uh, dog, so what are some of the main, uh, Fighters Guild skills that we're always going to see use? Some of these meta ones, before we talk about some of the changes. Or even if some of these meta ones got changed. Uh, well, Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker's always good. There's never not a time when Dawnbreaker's pretty good. Especially with, you know, some of the changes of one of the passes. And, uh, well, Dawnbreaker's just good. Especially with the, uh, damage thing. Just, it's just good. <laughs> Dawnbreaker is always good. So Dawnbreaker's gonna be the ultimate. 
for the Fighters Guild skill line. You got to get your skill line all the way up to 10 to unlock it. This one, uh, when you cast it, you arm yourself with Meridia's Sacred Sword and dispense her Retribution, dealing 2,900 physical damage to enemies in front of you and an additional 3,400 physical damage over 6 seconds. And those numbers just keep going up, depending on your weapon and spell damage. So, uh, there's two different morphs, Flawless Donnie, Flawless, you know, FD, Flawless Dawnbreaker. Uh, weapon and spell damage is increased after activating. That's a great one. And then we also have Dawnbreaker of Smiting. It increases damage and stuns enemies hit. So, that one's really nice because it makes the Blasty more powerful and stuns them all. So, really, this is such a meta move. Still in PvP to this day, and, uh... No matter how they try and tune it down, it hangs around. All right, another staple is uh, Silver Bolts. Um, you fire a Dawn Guard Vampire Hunter's Crossbow Bolt to strike an enemy, dealing 2,000 physical damage. Uh, there's two more. So you have Silver Shards. Uh, you fire additional bolts at other enemies. You're the initial target for less damage. That one isn't really popular. Um, but the other one, Silver Leash. Uh, you decrease the range and damage, and but it increases the cost as well. Uh, it's at like 3780 from 2700. But it pulls the enemy to you and snares them. So, you know, it kind of suns them and it gets pulled. And they just, they're stuck there in front of you. And that's good for, you know, tanks. Tanks obviously love it so that they can pull stuff together. Healers like it because sometimes, you know, tanks don't always have a pull. So they like to put it on there so that they can pull too. Uh, people like it in PvP because if someone's trying to run away from you, you can try to pull them back to you. So, yeah, lots of reasons. Or, yeah, there's lots of reasons why you want to love that skill. Yeah, Silver Bolts is uh, one that I've never really tried myself. I've always wanted to. And I see people really utilizing it, but I've never got around to doing it myself. Maybe on my Stan Warden for PvP, I should get to it. Yeah, Stan Wardens definitely like it. I can. I can, you know, I've been definitely pulled into a subterranean, and that hurt. Yes, many a times. So, what else do we have? Uh, some of the main big ones here, dog. Um, circle of protection's okay. Uh, the main one is, you know, turn evil. So when you use that skill, uh, it you know puts a little prune on the ground, gives you minor protection. Minor endurance, so you reduce your damage taken by five percent, increase your stamina recovery by fifteen percent, and en enemies in the initial area of hot activation are feared. It's a nice AOE fear thing that any class can have. So that's what people use on you know, stamina PVP or I just stamina, but you know melee PVP. The other morph, uh, Ring of Preservation, heals allies, but. The rune ends significantly sooner, and I don't, I don't think it's that good of a heal just in general. So, all right. So, uh, continuing down the list, I guess we'll just knock out all of them. Uh, we've got expert hunter. So this one is going to be where you invoke your expertise in anatomy and enemy behavior to detect stealth and invisible enemies around you for five seconds. Exposed enemies cannot return to stealth or invisibility for four seconds. Well slotted, you gain major savagery, increasing your weapon critical rating by twenty six twenty nine, which is definitely one of the major reasons 
People love this one, have it on their bars. Uh, the morphs are going to be Evil Hunter, which while active, your non-ultimate fighting guild abilities have increased damage and increased the radius of the reveal. So the other one is Camouflage Hunter, well slotted, dealing critical damage from the flank of an enemy, also grants minor berserk. So if that's the one thing you're doing, go around the backs of bosses or sides of bosses, then there you go. Yeah, they changed up the Camouflage Hunter one. Um, I think it just used to give you crit at all times. And I think it also gave you minor berserker at all times, but now you have to deal damage from behind. So, Yeah, that's a little bit tougher, no doubt. But Evil Hunter's really nice, because, you know, you can pull Nightblades out of self from even farther away. Right, yeah. Very true. All right, the last skill is a Trap Beast. Set a sharpening blade at your location, which takes one and a half seconds to arm and lasts for 15 seconds. When triggered, this trap deals 1100 physical damage and an additional 23 physical damage over 10 seconds. And it grants you minor force, increasing your crit damage by 10% for the duration. Enemies who activate the trap are immobilized for two seconds. You two warps. The first one is Lightweight Beast Trap. Uh, the trap can be thrown up to 28 meters away and it reduces the cost of the ability. Uh, the second one is Barb Trap, and increases the duration of the damage over time and minor force by an additional eight seconds. So I use Barb Trap because it gives you minor force, gives you nice damage over time, and with Barb Trap, it, uh, you know, it increases the time, so it makes it uh, nicer for, like, rotation-wise and stuff, so... Yeah, it's uh, definitely makes it a lot nicer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, we're going to go over like, you know, skills that are we actually use. I'm like, oh, man, I use all of these skills. Like, I, I, I use all these skills and I like at least one more of all of these skills. <laughs> yeah, uh, Trap Beast is something like I was kind of like never really liked putting my rotation, especially as a magic build, but I got used to it and now I can't live without it. So, you know, there you go. Barb Trap is definitely uh, it's a must if you want that, uh, you know, minor force. Yeah, and you don't want a Grand Sigic. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> So let's hit the passes real quick since Dog loved all the skills so much real quick. Um, first off, you got your Intimidating Presence. Super important to get, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of story quests or just quests in general. This allows you to intimidate NPCs in conversation and reduces the stamina cost of your fighter's abilities by 15%, which is a lot. Alright, uh, next up you have Slayer, and this increases your weapon and spell damage by 3% for each Fighter Guild ability slotted. Pretty solid, especially if you use at least one Fighter's Guild ability on your front bar. Yeah, so like I was just saying, with uh, Barb Trap, clearly you're going to have this passive. It's going to help you get that extra damage. Um, Banish the Wicked is the next one. So uh, with this one, with the Fighter's Guild ability slotted, you generate three ultimate when you kill an enemy. This was changed from nine ultimate to certain enemies. This was changed from nine ultimate to certain enemies without a Fighter's Guild ability slot. I kind of prefer the old version. Well, why don't I just let you read that? So 
The next one is Banish the Wicked, and with this one, uh, with the Fighter's Guild ability slotted, you generate three ultimate when you kill an enemy. Now that one is definitely still helpful as long as you have one slotted, but I know that it used to be a lot more helpful, right, dog? Yeah, it used to give you nine ultimate to like certain enemies like Daedra, Werewolves, Undead, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, I used to give you nine for those without a fighter's guild ability slotted, so any class could access it without having a fighter's guild, mainly, you know, magical characters. And I kind of prefer that because of that, but now that I've started using Dawnbreaker on my front bar, or I started using uh, Barb Trapped on my other character, on my other mag player, uh, I definitely kind of like the new change because just having three ultimate when I'm fighting, like, normal people and I'm getting a lot of the kills, it's definitely helpful. Mm, that's true, too. That's a good way of thinking about it, because you get it from everything, not just the specific things. But it was yeah. definitely helpful in those instances where you had a lot of those specific things, like uh, Skyreach. Yeah, like Skyreach, you know, just drop down meteors endlessly. <laughs> that, that was nice. Exactly. I miss those days. So nice. Uh, next up, we have Skill Tracker. Your fighter skill ability deals uh, additional 10% damage, and this bonus doubles against player vampires and werewolves. And then this was also changed because it would test for every different name, Deja, Vampire, Werewolf, or Undead Enemy, which caused lag on the servers, because there's like a bajillion name, different named Deja, Vampire, Werewolf, or Undead. So, yeah. I definitely don't mind this change since the 10% applies to all targets now, and the extra 10% still applies to player vampires and werewolves like it used to do. So, you know, increased 10% damage for everything and the 20% to players, and that's kind of where it matters, you know, most. So, and less lag to the server. So, it's a win win all around. Yeah, it uh, it's a good change. I like that change. I mean, as long as it applies to vampires and werewolves, still, that's really all that matters to me. Because those guys are too OP. So, the last one we have for you guys today is going to be Bounty Hunter. This one allows you to accept bounty quests from the Fighters Guild in Cyrodiil. So... There you go. I've never really done those or been into them, but uh, I know Dog does them occasionally, especially during, I believe, mid-year or the anniversary of Jubilee, maybe. Yeah, well, I used to. And then, actually, I don't know if they give Sirius. They might give Sirius Citrus. I don't know. I haven't done it in a while. Well, that would be a good reason, too, if they do. Yeah. I know the town dailies do, so I definitely do the town dailies. Yes, the town dailies do. I found that out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so if you guys want your Cyrodiil Citrus, you could definitely get them that way. And maybe this way as well. But if you want to do the Fighters Guild dailies, you have to get all the way to that last passive and unlock it. So that is going to be the skill line for us, and that's going to complete our Fighters Guild chat. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we had a good time coming up with some uh, new ways to revamp an old episode and uh, keep it fresh for a new year. 
So thank you guys for listening as always. And uh, Dog, why don't you let them know where the people can find us when we're not talking in their ear holes. All right. You can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our ESOPC or Xbox field of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord and find on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you can find all kinds of awesome stuff like links to our merch store, eso-hub.com, which uh, is the go-to place for all things Tamriel, our music producer, and uh, I don't know, other cool stuff too. Plus, if you leave us a review, five stars with some words on it, as you heard earlier, we'll take time right at the start of the show to shout you out and... uh, you know, you'll give me all the feels and I'll write a letter home to my mom and be like, oh my God, people like what I do. Um, so yeah, there you go. And uh, dog, if people want to hit you up and tell you how cool you are, uh, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, yes, OPC of all it out, at dogbark24. And for me, it's me, Xbox, ESOPC. Twitter and Twitch, all at Bob underscore Chichinsky. So thank you guys so much for hanging out, talking some Fighters Guild. Dog, thanks for stopping in with me as always, my dude. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Yep, see ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live Live today. today! It's a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe, Subscribe now. now. The producers of Mystery Time Live have asked not to take any advice or guidance on the host because they have no idea what they're doing. No mystery will ever be fully solved. And that's individualized with any of outside source or sheer book. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find their podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful to your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally biting and you cannot do it.